Welcome to the Simply Wild podcast. I'm your host, Sadie Jane, and we are here to find the wild within us, to come home to ourselves, even amongst all the bullshit that we hear about what we should or shouldn't be doing. (laughs) I feel like pretty fired up about today's conversation because, I mean, are any of us okay out there? How are we feeling? (laughs) This new year, powerful, refresh, year of the dragon. Let's go. I'm feeling it, but also, wow. And mainly, astrologically, the solar flares are kicking our asses. And I think we're just being required. I mean, this is a belief I've told myself, right? Like, I am just being more and more required to really sit into the devotion of what I've said yes to. And that might require me to really look at a lot of things that aren't serving me anymore. Also, this is a little bit of a a very much a privileged problem. We have been remodeling our bathrooms for six months now. So I have no sink. My my health is is gradually declining as I refuse to shave or do an everything shower now for six months. That's kind of joking and kind of not because I have no sinks and showers. But we're we're doing it and we're almost done. And that's another reason why I didn't record last week because there were construction guys all over the place, all over the 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 place of my home. And so there wasn't really a time for me to sit down and do it when my kids were gone. And as much as I love that I am dropping a podcast every Friday, also, you know, it's really interesting. I'm actually playing a lot with this idea of definites. And it plays perfectly into our podcast today where I talk all about human design or at least what's on my mind currently as, you know, I don't prepare for these podcasts. I literally just allow myself to open as a channel and allow myself to feel what wants to come through, come through. So with that being said, I've been really feeling very passionate about definites and what that actually means for me in my life. And I've noticed in the wellness and spiritual world, there's so many definites like do it this way or don't do it all or make sure you do this, but don't do this. Or like I just recently saw it's, it's becoming, um, obviously now that cold plunges are trendy, there's the opposite coming out. Don't do cold plunges. If you're a woman, don't do cold plunges. If your nervous system's already dysregulated, which for the record, I agree with to a degree, but what's funny and interesting and pretty problematic about this situation is that a lot of people are hearing these things and they're taking them for Bible for religion, for doctrine. So they allow themselves to say, okay, I will never do that. Okay, I will never do this rather than listening to themselves. So what I think I've seen, and this has happened in my life, and I have been disciplined in the ways of human design. I'm going to tell you my whole story about it regarding human design, but but specifically with finding who we are, finding our wild, finding what works best for ourselves. Yes, there is a level of I like to use the word devotion because when, for me, when I think about the word discipline in my mind, it's everything I ha- I feel like I have to be doing every day. So every single day, if I'm going to be my best self, I have to do A, B, C, and D, and E, F, G, and all these things, right? And that's why I have a little bit of a problem with the wellness and spiritual community telling me, do this and don't do that. Because first of all, nobody knows my body like me, right? And second of all, if you allow yourself to live in definites, you're discounting everything about 
the fluxion of who you are, the ebb and flow of who you are, the ebb and flow of the energy of the world right now, the ebb and flow of the energy of within your home environmentally, eco, ecoly, <laughs> eco sociologically, all these things, right? And I say this because, um, especially as women, I've talked about this so many times, especially as women, we are cyclical beings. We ebb and we flow and we wane and we wane. And when we allow ourselves or when we force ourselves into these really dogmatic practices of, I have to do this every single day, we are listening to our minds. We're getting into our minds rather than into our bodies. And so rather than being so disciplined, especially as a woman who has an ebb and a flow. And I would absolutely argue that this goes for men as well, because nobody should be moving and going 1000% of the time, literally, no matter what your human design is. And I'll get to that in a second. But rather than discipline, I like to use the word devotion. And I've really been thinking about that, especially this last, well, not even just in 2024, but especially the last year, because I've been through this you know, um, pendulum, we'll say, of marrying the 3D to the 5D and also understanding like what works for me, what do I want to bring into my life? And for a lot of these practices that I've learned, a lot of these spiritual practices, especially as I've been like a little tiny baby deconstructing my beliefs. And because I think I do, I do feel like as a child, I was um, told, or at least that was my perception that it was either this way or that way, black and white, right? And so because of that conditioning, then moving into what I actually believe, I thought that that would have to be the case for me now. And then of course, I have deconstructed that with understanding my own belief and understanding my womb and coming into myself as a womb wisdom woman. And as I've realized that devotion feels so much more correct for me, because if I'm devoted to myself, in a spiritual way, or if I'm devoted to being my best self, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm going to ask myself every single day, what is it that I desire? And not for my mind, not for a show, not for, not for others, someone else, right? But for me, what does my body want? The ebb and flow of that specifically has been so insane. I'll even go back to the idea or the discipline of self-love. And then we'll get into human design, I promise. This is just also relevant and important for me right now. I got a question this week on my Q&A that asked, how can I fully love myself and still want to change things about myself? This is a perfect example of the definites in the self-love community. I do believe we're moving away from this, but so many times I hear so many people say, oh, I love myself. I have nothing to change. Or, oh, I love myself. I am perfect how I am. Absolutely, you are. You're absolutely perfect. But the tree still has to be nourished by the sun. The flowers, your garden still has to eat those molecules from the sun in order for it to grow. The tree still has to work to grow its roots for it to grow stronger. So for us to believe that just because we are perfect the way that we are doesn't mean that we have to progress is something that is so damaging. And it has been damaging in my experience as well. When I 
fully realized who I was. And actually a huge piece of loving myself had to do with human design. And when I got into it so deeply, I stopped a lot of things that were, that were actually helping me because I was doing it from an extreme, extreme way. I'll get into that. But what happens, I see, I see this in, in the spiritual community. I see this in the self-love community is we get so caught up in I'm perfect that that to us means don't progress. That to us means, well, I don't have to do anything. If I'm perfect, then why would I have to? It's like we are, we're so, and that's the pendulum, like complacency and discipline. That is the pendulum that we're working with here. And I wanted to introduce the podcast about human design with those specific uh, pendulum edges because somewhere in between not doing anything and loving ourselves completely and doing everything every single day and getting ourselves burnt out and not listening to ourselves because we think that this is the way, somewhere in between those two, there is devotion. And the devotion that we find is so much more radically freeing than it is to listen to somebody else tell us we have to do this or this, this or this or this every day. And that can only be found through honestly time. And I won't say days, months, years, whenever it is, but the time it takes to decondition yourself for what you believe and human design believes it's seven years. And also the time to understand like what really ebbs and flows with you, not necessarily based off of your human design in general, just that, right? But also based off of your womb. If you're bleeding, um, what archetype you're in right now, like if you're the maiden, if you're the mother, if you're the crone, and all the other act archetypes that are involved in your life right now, where you're at as far as your children and their ages and your stages and different parts of your deconditioning process. So of course, I'm kind of arguing these both of these sides because I see so much in both because I've been a part of both. I've been on the side where I felt like I had to do something so extreme every single day in order for me to be this certain person. And then on the other side, I felt so perfect that I didn't have to actually move my body. I didn't actually have to fuel myself with proteins or whatever it was that I was so extreme. I would argue the most radical act of self-love is your devotion to bettering yourself in whatever capacity it feels correct for you at this moment on this day. There will be tools that you take along with you throughout your whole life, right? Don't get me wrong. And honestly, maybe this is just a part of the process. I'd actually love to hear if this is a part of your process. You can like drop me a comment in the DMs after you listen to this. Maybe this is just a process for all of us where we learn something new and we, come, we become so infatuated with it, right? We become so obsessed to the point where we understand at least to the capacity where we think we can all that we can. And then we try it out. And then we're like, oh, wait, actually, we're supposed to be more integrated in that. We're supposed to be more common that. And that really is the integration piece, the integration. To me, the definition of integration and its integration is something so profound that I've actually been really feeling, especially in 2024, especially with this last full moon. Holy shit, it was so powerful. And this concept of integration is what works for me and what doesn't? And how can I give myself grace specifically when I'm in my luteal phase versus when I'm in my follicular phase? So routine, trusting me, trusting who I am, every all of my routine has shifted completely with two things specifically. One, 
on honoring my womb cycle, cycle syncing, really understanding what I require for different times of the month, and two, understanding my human design. And that is where we're going to get into human design. And I had to give that whole disclaimer caveat because speaking on the concept of dogma and discipline, the human design world is one that you can find can be extremely intense. And if you've never heard about human design, let me just tell you what it is. And it's nothing but an experiment. And the, even the, the, I was going to say owner, the founder, the guy that literally channeled this, he even says himself, it's an experiment. But what I've noticed as I've gotten into the community more is there's just, just like there will be everywhere, there are practitioners or people that are teaching that are extreme, very dogmatic. So I will be the first to tell you that this is my take on human design, okay? So do not come at me if you believe in something different. And I'm not even going to talk about, yes, I will give you a little bit of an explanation of what human design is, but mostly I'm just teaching you or talking to you about my experience with human design. And, and I'm actually so excited about this because genuinely human design has changed my life. But some people take things with human design a little differently and that's okay. So for those people that are looking to be specific about their belief around it, please just carry on. Maybe don't even listen to this. But, but for those who are curious, human design, what is human design? What is human design? So human design was and is a system for your body, a literal roadmap, a literal blueprint. Never have I found anything more validating, accepting, powerful, clear, accurate, as I have human design. A lot of things I think that we learn, or at least for me, are very um, esoteric, right? So they're very like, uh, even like elemental, like they're very out there. They're very spiritual. Like I can grasp it, but it's more like my soul. It's more like in and out of my body. Human design for me, of course, is an addition to that but it's also extremely, extremely physical. So human design is literally combining everything into one, at least everything that I love, which is just so coincidental because I had no idea when I was first getting into it. Um, so it brings the esoteric and exoteric philosophy together. Things like Kabbalism, I Ching, astrology, Vedic philosophy, uh, chakras. Um, what else did I say? Did I miss anything? I don't think I missed anything. All of these very ancient, unique teachings were channeled into one connection of literally all of them clicking into place like a puzzle to bring in one blueprint for your physical body. So I actually heard about human design. My first time I heard about it was in 2019 from my uh, guy I do, I do body work with. He's an incredible guy. And he asked me, He's like, what's your human design? I was like, I have no idea what that is. In fact, I was really close to the idea. Um, people like some people kind of try to equate it or compare it to other personality tests like uh, Meyer-Briggs or Enneagram. I don't even know. I have taken both of those, but I don't, I've never been one to have a personality test and, or even be interested in a personality test. Now knowing my human design, I think it's because of my defined identity center that I haven't felt called to do so. But 
nothing's ever felt called to me as much as human design was, and t- but only when I was ready. Just like literally everything in my spiritual path or any in my journey, everything has popped in exactly when it was supposed to. Just like um, Bufo, like I talked to you guys about a couple episodes ago. So, so 2019, I hear about human design. I don't hear about it again. I don't even look into it because when you first look at, I want to pull mine up and I want to show you guys, but this is on, if you're watching on YouTube or even off on Spotify, you'll be able to see this. Um, well, hold on. I'm going to open it in a different app. I have two different apps that I love. Well, there's a handful of apps that I love. <laughs> okay. So if you're looking at human design, I'm going to just show this on the, this is my chart. It's like, what the hell am I even looking at? Like that feels really overwhelming, right? So when I first looked up, looked it up, I was just like, whatever, I don't know. And I just kind of like dismissed it. It wasn't until July of, or maybe it was beginning of August of 2020 when we were driving home from the infamous whitewater rafting trip in salmon. That was my sexual assault podcast where I talked about being assaulted on the river and we were driving home and my friend Amy said, oh my gosh, I have been learning about human design. I want to know about yours. And so we pulled it up and well, it's so funny because everyone was like, oh, what are you in human design? Oh, there's all these different types like manifester and projector and generator. And of course, for me, I was like, oh, I'm a manifester. Like I manifest things. <laughs> Little did I know nothing about human design, but even just the word projector to me was like, that's so gross. Like to me, isn't it wild how we allow ourselves to to make definite definitions of things and allow it to completely ruin our perspective of everything? And that's genuinely what I did initially. I was like, oh, I'm not a projector. I don't want to pro- I don't want to be the person that projects things, right? That has nothing to do with anything. In fact, as you get into human design more, there's a lot of interesting vocabulary that they'll use that might mean something to you now, and yet the word actually means something completely different. So she shows it to me and she's like, no, you're a projector. And that was pretty much it. I mean, she talked to me a little bit about it, but it was so over my head that I felt super confused, but it was, I feel like that was the beginning of my deconditioning process in human design where I was like, okay, this, this system is something that I'm really curious in. I am a very passionate student for things that call to me. So for chakras, for example, chakras, yoga, somatics, breath work. If you find something that I like or that has changed my life in some way, you know, you bet your ass, I am literally reading every single book. I'm taking every single course. It's just the way that I desire. And I'm realizing, or I realized at the beginning of my um, deconditioning process with my human design, I realized that, oh, this is the way of a projector. So what is human design? Okay, so I tell you it's all these combinations, the roadmap, but how do you even use it? It's the way that you interact with the world. It's literally the best tool for self-love genuinely because it tells you this is what your body is. There is no right or wrong with it. It literally is just how it is. There's no changing it. You can't look at it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad I have this or oh my gosh, I'm so sad I have that. I mean, you can. However, there's no reason to not allow yourself to accept yourself exactly how it is because there's no changing this. Now you, this is a little, the the last little bit of education I'll get on like how it was created, because I do think this is an important piece. And I talk and teach everyone in sacred rebels. There's a whole month based off of astrology and human design. That's why I think that's how important I think it is. 
understanding your design, understanding your strategy and authority, understanding how to interact with the world literally will change your entire life. That's why people, I do think that that's why people become really dogmatic with this and dogmatic with yoga and astrology. Like when things are so life-changing, people can't help but become obsessed. I am one of those examples. I'm the problem. Hello, it's me. I have definitely become obsessed and have had to come back to what actually works for me. So human design, the way that we get our design, the way that we get conditioned with what we get conditioned with, right? Is through neutrinos, which is energy that stars expel. That's why it's so important to have you, you find out your human design through your time of birth, your exact time, your date, your, um, the place you live. Okay. Because when you come down from heaven, <laughs> literally, you are getting conditioned by those energies that are coming off of stars. So they used to think that stars, it's in, in their own right, like just little stars, not necessarily planets, don't really do anything. They're just like glowing balls of gas, right? They have now been able to, this is science, right? This is another reason why I love human design. I've never been much of a like, needing to feel um, validated by science, but I love human design because it brings science and spirituality together so beautifully for those that are like anti-spiritual. But this is literally scientifically proven that the, what the, the energy that the stars expel. So first of all, it's proven that energy is being expelled by stars. Great. Wonderful. Of course it is. Look at their shining bright. Everything is energy and everything is expelling some, at least like you can measure at least some bit of energy and the energy that they're expelling is called neutrinos. So we're all being fill, filled by all of this different energy. And obviously the planets expel more energy than the stars. So depending on where they're at, at that specific time in the sky, when you came down from the stars, let's, we don't even have to use the word heaven. When you came from the stars, you will be conditioned with certain specific things. And when I say conditioned, I mean defined by certain things. So I, I don't want you to, I don't want to use the, the chart to show you because some people will not be listening or not be watching this, but there are nine different centers. Now, human design is based off of like an evolutionary process. So many, many years ago, we, be, we were seven centered beings and now we're nine centered. And I love this analogy because if you look back in time and well, first of all, we understand this, especially as parents, because our children, like you can see how much more elevated is elevated the right word, or even just aware that they are versus us. And this is not a bad thing. Okay. We all have our own peace and place in the universe, but I would also argue that like I am at a different frequency than my parents and my parents are at a different frequency than their parents. And if we go back to even like Renaissance time, everyone's just chopping each other's heads off. And they think that this is like how to survive because back in like the Neanderthal times, that's literally what they did to survive. And so we've evolved as a species. We've evolved as a species and we're continuing to evolve. That's where the two extra centers came in, the spleen center and the emotional center came in and that happened a handful of years ago. And because of that, it, they cre it created another type, which is the projector. 
But beyond any of that information, the reason I explain that is because I love that this is a comprehensive blueprint guide to your body and that your body is evolving and changing and it is specific. This guide is specific for this specific life. And I I just nerd out on the science of it because there's so much profound. I mean, I have been heavily studying human design for, I want to say, four years now, and I'm still scratching the surface. I'm still scratching the surface. So even just this is one thing that I love to talk about in um, Sacred Rebels as well, because it's so profound for me, just little bits of like things clicking together. In the I Ching, there's 64. So if you weren't to look at the body graph, you were to look at like the whole graph, there's 64 different I Chings, right? Or 64 different symbols in the I Ching. There's also 64 different codons in our DNA. And that is when when the Chinese created I Ching, it was so long ago, they didn't even know what DNA was, right? And so now as we continue to evolve in a technological way, we're seeing that these old systems, like there is no other way other than being completely divinely inspired and connected to the heavens and the stars or whoever it is that they're channeling through to get this information. So I love honoring traditions. I love honoring um, what things came from, like how things came from, especially when it's really rich in um, time, like very, very old traditions. And so I love I Ching. Um, I have a friend who does I Ching readings for my business, for myself. And it's just, and it's also a powerful representation of the moving of the elements. So we get to bring that into human design. So human design, a roadmap for who we are based off of energy from the stars. <laughs> and I know it sounds crazy. It might, it, may, it might not sound crazy, but some people are super anti-astrology. Some people think it's satanic. I'm telling you right now, nothing has ever made me feel more accepting of myself than specifically human design. I have been living as a generator my whole life. Probably a manifesting generator. So there's five different types in human design. And I'm just giving you a very, very, very brief overview so you can understand why this has changed my life so prophetically. So there's a manifester. They're pretty rare. A reflector is the most rare. Manifesting generator, generator, and projector. And just really quickly, I'm going to give you an overview of what they do and who they are. Projectors are the guides, okay? And I'm actually explaining this because I want – I. it's important to explain it because of their, they all have different aura types. So the biggest thing with the types is that they all have different aura types, which means the universe is going to experience them differently. Everyone in Costco, we're going to use Costco today to explain. Everyone in Costco is experiencing everyone differently. And everyone has their own energy. And everyone's energy is, in human design perspective, based off of their aura type. So for projectors, they're the guides. Their auras are penetrating. For manifestors, they are literally the ones that are supposed to initiate. They're kind of like the lone wolves. They don't like to really do things as groups. They're literally supposed to initiate new ways of being. So they get really misunderstood a lot of the time. 
and their aura is repelling. They're like, get out of my way. I have my blinders on. I'm doing my own thing. Okay. Generators and manifesting generators have enveloping auras. So they're just like, oh my gosh, I love you. Come here. And the reason for that is because they're kind of like the workhorse people of the world. So they're like, I have the energy for this. If it calls to me, if it sparks me, let's do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's correct for me. So because their aura is that way, say for example, the Costco example, if I'm looking for a worker to help me, naturally, subconsciously, I'm going to go towards potentially a generator that's working there because I don't know this, maybe consciously, but subconsciously, I feel more invited into their aura, right? And I forgot what type of aura does a reflector have. And the reflector's aura type is resistant and sampling because the cool thing about a reflector, they're very, very rare, but they don't have any definition in their centers. So that is just the aura type. That is how people feel and sample each other's experiences. So even just knowing that knowledge of like what type you are helps you understand how you're being reflected in the world. Me understanding, okay, so I am a four six. We're not going to get into profiles today, I don't think. Um, if you're wanting to, if this like fascinates you, I would love to do another podcast that talks about profiles and all those things. But mostly, I just want to talk to you about a little bit about why it's been so prolific for me. Um, but I'm a four six ego projector. We will talk about authorities in a second. Um, and the strategy, because actually I want you to go away with feeling excited about potentially looking into your human design. And I want you to know that even though that's so many, so much information, literally, if you were just to honor your strategy and authority and practice with that and experiment with that, everything would be changed genuinely um, in, in the best way possible. So I am a four, six ego projector. That sounds awful, right? Like, first of all, ego. Ego has a, such a bad rap in all the communities. Like, ego is not supposed to be your ego, but actually, it is mine. Like, I'm literally supposed to listen to my ego when I'm answering an invitation. And the projector, that also sounds awful. But the word projector literally just means that I am not even supposed to look into myself. For me, I am a reflection of the other. Not even the word reflection is the right word because people are going to be mad at me for that because of the reflector in themselves. But it's not about me. It's about the other. That's why my aura is penetrating. That's why my aura is penetrating. And that's why I'm a guide because I can see in the other. 
this is so profound for me because I've always had this gift of seeing in people and it makes them uncomfortable. Now, I don't use it like that ever now, but as a child, I could tell I would make people uncomfortable because I could tell that when something was wrong, but I wasn't invited in to explain to them what was wrong. (laughs) Okay. So to explain this, I want to go to the strategy and authority. Mostly I want to go to the authority because that is directly reflected to the specific uh, type that you are. The authority is like how you respond to the world. So using your strategy and authority together, it's literally how you can flow in the world with ease and how you can allow the world to also accept you for who you are. Like I genuinely feel like if everyone understood their human designs, the world would literally change. So your strategy is how you interact with the world and your authority is how you respond or how you understand how to respond. I know this probably sounds super overwhelming for those who haven't done human design, but I want you to know that you can literally just take all of this and find it, put it in an app. The neutrinos, let me see. My Human Design by Jenna Zoe is one of my favorites. The Neutrino Design is amazing. It's a brand new app and it's so comprehensive. I I'm absolutely obsessed with that one actually as well. Um, and then there's a couple ones that I've used here and there for when I give readings to my clients. This is where I want to go from here. There are so many different authorities that you can have. And so it's not even necessarily the part that I want to explain, like all the different authorities, just specifically mine and how it's helped me and how it's literally changed my life and my kid's life and Jeff's life. Okay. So my authority is literally how I'm supposed to listen. This is what's so profound about human design is what I was talking about at the beginning where we are done. We are done as a society. Well, we should be done. And I don't like to use shoulds, but genuinely, I genuinely believe we should be done with this for thinking, I genuinely feel like we should be done making decisions in our mind versus making decisions in our body. Now, of course, if you're a mental authority, that's different. But in general, we know by now, I think that we are not our minds. I think that I've explained in all of my podcasts, all the things that are really profound for me that are actually included in in Sacred Rebels, except for human design. And it literally, human design wraps everything into that. That's why I'm so, so obsessed with it. The cool thing about human design is it helps us realize that our body is genuinely the way. Our body is the vessel. Our body is literally taking us where we need to go as long as we listen. Our body literally has all the answers. And as long as we start to listen to it rather than our minds, this, this, just that knowledge, just that teaching completely changed my life. So if we understand that and if we understand our authority and how we say yes to something or how we say no or how we respond, it's all within the body depending on which authority. Now there's a bunch of different authorities. You can have a sacral authority. You can have an emotional authority. You can have an ego authority. Now ego, the ego authority is actually extremely rare. And to be an ego projector, it's actually more rare than a reflector. And so it's been interesting to like understand what that means. Now I'll just give you a couple examples. Okay. So a sacral authority is a yes or a no, an uh uh-huh or an uh uh-uh answer. So when you're 
you can only be a sacral authority if you're a generator. Sorry, I told you no no nuances when I was teaching or talking about this in in this podcast, but it's impossible to not teach while while also sharing my experience. But if you have a sacral authority, you're going to be able to move through life with a yes or a no. Immediately. A yes or no or uh-huh or an uh-uh. So when you're being asked a question, it's nice for it to not be open-ended. Would you like milk? rather than what would you like to drink, right? For me, being asked something as an ego authority, so as, and this is for anyone with an ego authority, uh, an ego authority, like whether that's an ego manifestor, an ego uh, projector, I am literally supposed to answer by feeling into my body if it's going to benefit me. So if it's actually not supposed to benefit, if it's not going to benefit me, if I don't feel like I'm not going to get anything from it, I'm not supposed to do it because it has actually nothing to do with me. I'm just a reflection of the community in general in this way, not to be confused with the reflector, but as far as a mirror into the community, because if it's correct for me, it will be correct for everyone. So that alone that knowledge alone that I can answer a question genuinely just based off of whether or not it's going to benefit me, or I can answer whether or not I want to make dinner for somebody or whether I want to go to an event or whether or not I want to do this or that, that alone sets me free from this idea of people pleasing, of always saying yes, of this concept. I mean, I can tell you a million ideas or a million reasons or ways, examples of how we're all conditioned to always say yes, especially when it's like service oriented or as a mother or as a community person or somebody in, you know, in any kind of institution. Yet that is not actually serving anybody by all of us following our own specific authorities and really trusting ourselves. It will change the way that not only we, we feel with the world, right? But also how the world feels about us. If I am going out because I feel an obligation rather than it feels like it's going to benefit me, it will be felt, that energy will be felt throughout the whole experience with everyone. And this isn't just me. This is literally everybody, right? Whether you're a generator or whether you're a manifester, like generators get caught up in saying yes a lot because they have a lot of energy. So if you realize that you're a generator or a manifesting generator and you're confused as to why, maybe you're like, I actually don't have any energy, (laughs) but then you're always doing something. It could be because you're actually saying yes to things you don't want to say yes to. Just because you have the energy just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean you're supposed to interact with somebody somebody and i'd go i'll go back to the projector piece in this by saying just because i know something doesn't mean that i'm supposed to answer doesn't mean i'm supposed to give my two opinions or two cents especially as a projector because projectors have to be invited that is our strategy that is how we move through the world so there's with all the different types, they have all different strategies. And those strategies stay the same. So so stay with me with this. The strategies stay the same with all the different types. The authorities are what can mold and shift through all different types. Okay. So the strategy for a projector, and maybe I should have explained that first. I'm really like literally going off the cuff with this. When I do my whole like four hour training in Sacred Rebels, it's much more meticulously placed. I just don't have it in front of me. So you're just getting what you get. 
based off of my open, completely open head center and being alone. So you're welcome for this. Um, okay. So strategy projectors strategy is to wait to be invited. Now their strategy, this is why the strategy doesn't change based off of your specific type. Every generator is going to have the same strategy. Every manifesting generator is going to have the same strategy because it's directly correlated with your aura type. So going back to my aura type as a projector, I have a, uh, sorry, a, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? Uh, a penetrating aura. My aura literally penetrates the person. Imagine and I know you felt this. So go to a time in your life when you went and walked into somewhere, walked into the store, we're going back to Costco and you like look at someone and immediately you're just bugged by them. Immediately you're, you look at them and they're looking at you and you're like, stop looking in my soul. Who the hell do you think you are? Like immediately you feel defensive. Projectors just by existing have penetrating aura, auras. And so we are going to go into places and not be liked just for the fact that people don't like being looked at in their souls. And not even because we're trying, just because literally that's what our aura does is we can get in, we can feel in to the person and then we can get out. Now also, it's not something that we can necessarily control. Now I can control actually like looking at somebody, especially if I'm not invited and be like, oh, I can feel everything. Like that would be exhausting and also really unethical. And also I wouldn't do that. I didn't know that as a child though. Right. So as I'm like realizing how in tune I am to everybody's senses and feelings, especially because my sense in human design is, um, feeling. So I genuinely can feel a vibe or frequency or an energy shift in somebody based off of what they're doing in their body or based off of just looking into their body because of my penetrating aura. So imagine having the knowledge that a projector does. You're going to die when you understand this because I bet you there's like so many aha moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this is why my aunt Sue bugs me so bad because we'll be at dinner and she'll just like rant off about something she thinks she knows about me, but she has no right to tell me this. And yet she's always up in my business. Aunt Sue is probably a projector and she doesn't understand that she needs to be wait, she needs to wait to be invited because that's what happens when projectors are invited and they give their two cents and they act like they know everything. It is not well received. No one wants to know where their chakras are blocked or where their energy is blocked or no one even wants to know what a projector has to say unless they're invited because a projector has a lot to say most of the time. And most of the time it's coming from a place of deep knowing because projectors are really powerful in the way that they really understand concepts. In fact, if you're going to be, if you're really understanding your human design and if you're really understanding this experiment and you're really wanting to get to know your body, the best way for a projector to actually understand what they are meant to do in this world, which is to guide eventually in some kind of attitude whatever it is that they're wanting to guide, it's really important for them to understand it fully, like really immerse themselves in that education. Because then when somebody asks, they can really truthfully and confidently give that, give that um, recommendation or give that uh, education, right? 
this is the other part that's so important. And I actually, I argue that this is important for every design because everyone wants to be recognized, but it's really important for projectors to feel recognition. It's really important for projectors to feel like, oh, I'm being recognized in this. That's why it's important to be invited. Because if I'm invited, if you invite me into my into your space, then I feel the peace in knowing that you want to know what I know about you or what I know about a specific topic or whatever it is. And then just by being invited and feeling that, I can feel your heart soften. I can feel your aura open up. And then I don't feel like there's resistance. So just knowing that is profound. So when I talk about strategy with with projectors being invited, this I feel like, especially for my projector clients or projectors all over the world, this is one of the things that is so wildly misunderstood. And I think I misunderstood this too when I was first deconditioning. I, When I was deconditioning, I literally was like, oh, I have to wait for an invitation. Well, that means I get to just not do anything. Like I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to sit here and just wait for someone to knock on my door. And they're just going to know that a projector's in here and I want to guide. That's absolutely not the vibe. I mean, if you want to be a projector and just wait and like live your own life, that's fine too, because we don't have a lot of energy, a lot of energy centers, which I'm going to get to next. I love this idea of waiting, especially when it comes to social media and Instagram, because when I was clicking into human design and I was understanding all these things about me, everything started to make sense. Well, no wonder I'm this way. Well, no wonder I'm so obsessed with learning. Well, no wonder I'm so obsessed with offering things to people. No wonder I don't ever call people to be a part of my containers. No wonder I don't ever slide into people's DMs. Like those things are so invasive for somebody who is not a projector. And those things are so invasive for somebody if that's just not the thing to do if you're a projector, right? For me, from a business perspective, I'm going to create the container and then I'm going to put it out there. And the second someone says, gives me that energetic exchange, I'm invited in and they're into my containers and I can feel their frequency. I'm going to go even further back from this. If I was to go back and talk about every single point in my business that was extremely profound, extremely successful, extremely aligned, I can literally go back every single every single time and be like, "Oh, this is because Mandy Goobler said to me, "Sadie, I want your rec- I want your meditations recorded." She came to a retreat. I taught the yoga and the meditation. She goes, I need your, I need them recorded. Done. That was my invitation. So I record meditations. Um, another person said, how do you, what is this self-love stuff? Like, I don't understand. There's no way I'm going to be able to explain that to them in a comment on Instagram. So rather, what did I do? Create a course for them and explain that. Oh, Sadie, I really want an app. I want to be able to do all this. Okay. Well, how am I going to do an app? How am I going to do an app? Someone slides into my email and invites me into their app so I get a third party, okay? Every single, people wanna learn how I do what I do. I create sacred rebels. People want to learn how to uh, run plant medicine ceremonies. I create, create quantum rebels, which I haven't even launched yet, but I'm doing that this year. Every single creation, genuinely, every single course, period underwear. What's your favorite period underwear, Sadie? I don't have any. I don't have my, any. Oh my gosh, you're so... You're so knowledgeable in women's health and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm going to make my own, right? Of course, this doesn't mean that I know everything. There's a lot I still don't know. However, 
the beautiful thing about human design is it helps you understand your genius. And I would go even further. This is with all, all types. I would go even further to say that it's so all intricately weaved that once you get to know your human design, you can literally go back to childhood and understand every single piece that has brought you to where you are. Every single, every single piece of turmoil, every single piece of alignment, every single time when you didn't feel aligned and when you did. Because even in the, the creation of my containers, even in the knowledge that I know now, I didn't know human design when I, under, when I started to learn the knowledge. So as I learned it and as I learned it the way that I did, it was because of my design. Yes? <laughs> Am I all over the place? So the cool thing about being a projector is you get to be invited. And I know that seems so annoying. When I first learned this, I was like, wait, what? It was heartbreaking initially. And then it was also such a relief because I... and. Also, there's nuances to be invited, which I just talked about, right? With social media, you being invited as if you're with your clients or your business or whatever. But I have people that are projectors in my life that like literally won't even text anybody first or that wait for a very specific personal invitation. Now, there's sometimes when I do that, I definitely feel more aligned to say yes or no if I get a personal invitation to an event rather than like an event invitation that is sent to like 500 people. I've been trying to understand the nuances of those really, really powerfully because I do notice when I listen for really personal invitations, I do feel more heard and recognized. So the personal invitations are amazing, but it's so funny to me that I had to say yes to learning human design to also allow myself to say no to not showing up all the time. And it's a little bit humbling and embarrassing. But because I've been living in the culture, especially four years ago, which is so interesting that I'm talking about this today because tomorrow is the leap year. And literally this time last on the last leap year in 2020 was when I really got into human design. So it's funny, but I can't even tell you how many times this year already things are um, integrating and like crystallizing. So me talking about human design on my podcast is just that. But before it was very much like, remember back then I was into energy drinks. I was into Adderall. Like everything makes sense because I was trying to live like a generator. Now this is something that I haven't shared yet, obviously, but this is a really huge piece in designs. Every design has different specific centers defined, right? On those specific centers, that's what makes us the roadmap. So there's nine different centers, right? And some people have them all defined. Some people have no defined. If you're a reflector, some have a handful, whatever. From those centers, there are gates that open up. And depending on what gates are actually lit up from the neutrinos, that's actually what makes the, the definition within the gates. Now, generators and manifesting generators have the most energy centers, energy defined centers. So based on which center is defined within you. Every center has its own energy, personality, properties, right? And some of them have more energy than others, naturally. So the generators and manifesting generators are the ones with the most energy, duh, because they're the ones that are just literally supposed to be the worker bees. They're supposed to be working. They're that's like their superpower. 
we are all taught in this world to be generators or mangens in one way or another. Now this goes comes to my the, the point that I wanted to get across of the conditioning piece and deconditioning. And this piece, this is why it's so fucking cool, human design, because it's like so many different pieces in one all wrapped into human design. So as a hypnotherapist, as somebody who teaches subconscious reprogramming and is so, um, you know, I, I just have such a strong testimony of it. You understand and know that you are the most highly conditioning, conditionable uh, when your age is conception to seven. You are literally, your brain is so malleable that you're literally going to believe anything. You can be brainwashed. You can be everything if that's the society or if that's the, the environment that you live in. Um, that's also the time when your chakras become developed. So it's all just really interesting not even coincidences, just alignments, right, within this. So it's been really interesting to raise Henry. He actually just turned seven with this knowledge. So I got the knowledge of human design when he was around three. And so I was able to let him do things his own way with the hope and prayer that he wouldn't be as conditioned as all of us have been. Now, when you live in a family or in society in general, and you allow yourself to believe that like, oh, we're supposed to eat three meals a day and we have to do it all together with the TV off and it needs to be in a well-lit space, like the nuances of human design even go into those things as far as what you eat, how you live, what environment you stay in, what is best for you, um, as far as like the cadence of how you eat and how often you eat, like it literally reflects everything. So as I've learned Henry's design, I've been able to understand that he requires, he digests his food better if there's low noise. He digests his food better if he's alone. He's an emotional projector. Okay. I have all emotional authorities in my family, which I'll get to in a second, but it's been really powerful and it's a really powerful practice as a parent to get to know your child from the human design perspective, because then you can understand what they need and what they don't need. My son Baylor is a manifesting generator. Manifesting generators are often diagnosed with ADHD because they're consistently all over the place. That was like a really blanket statement, but hopefully you can take it for what it, what it was in general. This is usually the case. So Baylor's into everything. I mean, one day he will be into football and the next day he's into science and the next day he wants to build a spaceship and the next day he's doing bow and arrow. He, and it's not even a day. It's like every two hours. His room is always a mess, always has creations. He has so much energy and he's oftentimes all over the place. He's extremely brilliant and smart, but he's just all over the place. So his energy is very different than Henry, for example, who doesn't have those energy centers. So one thing that's really profound to learn about in these different types is their energy, is actually what you can actually handle in this life. That will change. That's why strategy and authority directly correlate with that energy. Because if I'm going to wait for an invitation, that means that like I'm chilling out. I need to like calm the fuck down because then I don't actually have to be doing all the things I thought I had to be doing. I just have to 
literally do nothing. But for me, actually, I want to educate myself and be devoted into who I want, who I am and who I want to become. And then because of that, then I can get invited into helping people see these beautiful parts of them. Right. So, so this deconditioning process has a lot to do with deconditioning who we thought we thought we were. That's human design is actually understanding who we are, not who we thought we thought we were. So when you get to know human design, there's a seven-year space from when you start living your design to seven years later where you potentially start to decondition yourself. This is what's really interesting and been really frustrating for me, I think. It's not as bad now, but for the first couple of years, it was really intense. And I think it was just because of, I mean, there... It just is what it is. It was during the time of the year. It was between 2020 and like 2024. And it was really intense to decondition that because I had been really conditioned to be a generator. And so through your deconditioning process from year one to year seven, you really get to start saying to yourself, who really am I? Like, who actually am I? And there's a caveat with this because you will consistently be conditioned by a few things. Conditioned by the people that you're around because our aura spans out 15 feet. Yes. So if you're in Costco, you're being conditioned, especially if you have open centers. And if you're, you're always also going to be conditioned with the planets. So depending on what transit is happening right now. So the, the planets all have energy that are happening right now. And so Obviously, we can relate that to that's why that's astrology, right? It's what's going on. Oh, Pluto just went into Aquarius or, oh, we just had the um, Virgo full moon. Like that's all going to feel different based off of what your design is as well. So let's talk about the deconditioning process for me for a minute because I felt so seen when I found human design And this is where the definite goes in, the definites of like, oh my gosh, finally. Because truly, before human design, I don't think I ever let myself relax unless I was pregnant. I mean, I know that sounds insane, but like when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, finally, I don't have to work out all the time. Oh, finally, I can eat what I want and I don't have to feel bad about it. It was like, I have been so burnt out and so exhausted my whole life, not knowing that it's because I just don't have as much energy as these other designs. And it was, this was really the very first time in my life where I was like given it an, an, a, a permission slip, right? A hall pass to be like, can you just rest for a second? Because remember when I found human design, I was heavily in Adderall. Well, just taking it every day. Um, for my ADHD and obviously it made it so I didn't have to eat and it gave me so much energy. And then also I was consuming an extreme amount of caffeine, energy drinks all the time. So my adrenals were just shot. This was also right. I found human design right, right when I found plant medicine, just for some perspective. So I, when I realized that as a projector, I'm not supposed to be going all the time. When I realized, oh, as a projector, I'm supposed to be resting. It was like, I finally got that permission slip and I went straight to the other side of the spectrum. Like the definite really got me because I was like, oh, well then I don't have to work out. Well, finally, someone told me I can rest. Like all these things clicked 
And I will be the first to say not in a healthy way. For the first couple of years, I mean, I like gave up everything. I was like, well, F this. Like I'm not going to like I'm going to become vegetarian. This was also heavily influenced by the plant medicine community or how I allowed myself to believe that I needed to exist in that community. But I was like, oh, I'm not going to lift weights. Like I just finally could exhale that it went so extreme that actually that wasn't helping my body either. Like you can still honor your design and still move your body every day. Please, for the love of God, do that. I didn't. I lost all my muscle. I started gaining weight, but then also I started really disconnecting from my body. It's not even the weight that even bothers me. Um, so that has been really profound for me to like understand the ebb and flow of that. And just as a side note, actually, as far as lifting weights and honoring like my flow, I just listen to myself every day. I am devoted to myself. And then I also really heavily based what, how I work out based off of my cycle based off of what I'm doing, because human design, one thing that human design does not equate for, which I think is really interesting, is the female reproductive system. So as I've combined both of them together, right? And, and it's not necessarily like, it's not even against the human, the female reproductive system, it just doesn't mention it, right? So that's okay. I can, I, I can um, put both of them together. So for me and my womb, I'm going to listen to my womb and I'm going to not lift super heavy on my luteal, but I'm still going to move my body. This has made everything click more and more and more. I just think we become so, this is kind of a tangent, but I just think we just are so freaking tired. <laughs> like we're just tired and we're burnt out and we're trying so hard to be all these people and all these things. And then by the time we have an excuse to rest, we're just tired. So I think Honestly, the pandemic gave us a, a chance to rest. And then we were just like, well, F all of this. So at least that's what I've noticed. Our bodies are meant to be moving. Our bodies are meant to be moving for our vessels, for activities and adventure. It just was really powerful and it was important to me to go through that. Of course, looking back, going through that and everything I've gone through in my life, because if I was to look at the experiences and my design, it mirrors exactly. And let me explain why. I only have one channel. So the gates that come out of the centers, if they have, if there's one gate that's defined or open, sorry, I'll just say def if there's one gate that's like defined and another gate across perfectly defined, it will make a channel. Now each gate holds their own energy but when they come together, they have their own, they have a, a, a completely different energy as well. So my only channel, so if you were, if you remember, if you looked at my um, human design and I can, I don't know how to show you, but maybe I'll post it and like put it on my IG story saved or whatever. Um, but if you were to look at my design, I'm very, very open, which means if you're very open, it means that you have a lot of centers that are completely open. And usually if that, if depending on what app you're using, it means it's just like white. You can just see it's open. And if it's defined, it's colored. And remember that all the definition and openness comes from when you're born. And actually there's two different types of definition. Um, there's like an internal and an external, a conscious and unconscious, and they actually drop into your body different times of during your conception. That's a whole nother story. So this definition and this um, conditioning opportunity because of the openness, right, is so powerful because I can see how little energy I actually have. 
And I can also see where my energy comes from because I do have one energy center, my heart, ego center, and also what my channel is. So if you go into the nuances, remember, I'm going in a little bit more. So now we've talked about authority, strategy, and type. And those are all made up based off of what's happening in your chart, based off of what's defined and what's not. Okay. So I go into my chart and I look at it. I have one channel. That's it. That's it. And my only channel is the shamanic channel of initiation, which means I, as a guide, will initiate people into new ways of thinking, just genuinely or generally. I initiate people and I initiate them by initiating myself. So everything in my life I've done has been a deep initiation. And do I talk about my incarnation cross? My incarnation cross is we won't talk about that or what it is, but my incarnation cross is a, is the right incarnation cross of tension. And so this idea of intensity of initiation of the tension of, um, of just my life in general, of the intensity of the tension is just genuinely the theme that carries me throughout my life. So as I realize that and see that I realize, Oh, everything was meant to be exactly how it was. And as I have, deconditioned my human design, it has been extremely intense because I used to be so intense with living in my not self. I was always saying yes. I was always, I mean, I don't know if I was giving advice to people that I didn't have invitations for, but I always wanted to give advice and I always felt left out in a lot of conversations. And I also always felt confused as to why people were like annoyed if I gave my opinion and they didn't want it. Like I can see these reflecting in my family even. Not not in a bad way at all. They had no idea what they were doing. But so many times my mom would be like, Ma, Sadie, you're talking so much. Or like, that's a really long story. Or I would say something, looking back in my life, I'd say something and I realize, oh, that's not being received. <laughs> that wasn't being received well because I wasn't invited. And that's okay. I also looking at this shamanic channel of initiation, realize I'm exactly on my right path of what I'm supposed to do in my life, of what I'm doing now, of initiating women and men into these new ways of, of being and not even just new ways of being, but into the way of who they actually are. That's why I love human design and that's why I have brought it and is such an intricate piece in my business because there will never be another client that I, I take that I don't have you know, extensive time with their, with their chart first. Like if I'm going to take a one-on-one -on -one client, I need to know everything about their birthday and their time and their place so that I can really get in and understand the nuances of their design so I can understand how they work and how they click. And it's literally the, the, the highest form of self-love for you and the highest form of respect for the person next to you. I love looking at the intricacies of somebody because I can see something in somebody and be like, oh, of course, because it's in their chart as well. Now, obviously, there's also a lot that uh, that is not you, that is the not self. So as I've deconditioned who I thought I thought I was, there have been moments that have been super profound and also moments that have been really terrifying and earth shattering. And I just am trying to ride the wave of what that actually means and what it is because we're also meant to be together in this life. We're not supposed to be alone all the time. But really the only way you can get to know yourself, especially in human design, is spending alone time, being alone. And projectors, projectors actually require a lot of alone time. 
And they also require a lot of time horizontally. So laying down. So I actually love working from my bed, which I think is another reason why having the bathroom remodels has been so difficult mentally because I don't have a space to really lay down that is in my space. Like for the last six months, people have been in my space, right? Um, but I, I would argue that everybody needs more time alone to really understand the intricacies of their design. And when you're able to be alone and release and flush other people's energies from your center, then you actually can understand what is me? Like, who am I? What do I actually want to say? Do I even have anything I want to say? And that can be discovered even if you don't have a lot of alone time, maybe you have a lot of little kids and your only alone time is during nap time. That's a great time to like really reflect on and meditate on like, what does it feel to be in my own aura? But even if you're just like getting into human design and want to know the energetics of each different center, it's so profound. I have found it's even more profound to understand the centers that are open rather than defined. So the defined centers essentially are just you. It's your knowing. It's who you are and who you'll always be, right? So my only defined centers are my identity and my heart. And that's why I am an ego authority projector. And so I've always in a way known who I am. And I also would argue that I love, this is why I love so intensely because that's literally my only energy center. So only having a heart ego energy center, it's like, I'm an, I'm a, I am an intense person. And I've had to really come to terms with the fact that that's not bad and that I come off as intense to people, even if I don't want to. Like a lot of my deconditioning has been like, okay, I'm intense and that's okay. <laughs> and I have to know that there's something in it for me to say yes, and that's okay. Like it's not even selfish, but it seems selfish. But honestly, living your design is selfish and it's supposed to be because by being selfish, you actually have more of an impact in the world. And so whether I understand the nuances or not, it's so powerful to understand that it's okay that I need recognition, that it's okay that I really require people to recognize me for what I'm offering. And that alone has been like, even just saying this on the podcast makes me want to throw up because I am conditioned to believe that I don't need recognition. I don't need anything special. I'm not special. I don't need anything special. Or I can just do everything and I want to serve everybody and change the world and everything's going to be perfect. But if I was to be off of my podcast and like sit in my own meditation, that's not true. Yes, I want to change the world. Yes, I want to help everybody. But I require to be recognized. And everybody requires recognition in their own form in human design. And that's what's so profound about it. So the so that's that's a super profound piece. I'm going to talk about my family just for like two seconds. And then I'm going to go back to my open centers because there's a couple things in my open centers that I want to share that I think that have just dropped in really powerfully. I've been doing this for four years, but I mean, that's the, the power of deconditioning really powerfully specifically right now. So I said to you, my authority is ego authority and my emotional center is open. I have two gates coming out of it, but it's open. So my family, every single one of my family members is an emotional authority. 
So that is the most advanced authority you could have. And it's also, I would argue, the most difficult because in order for someone with an emotional authority to respond to like a desire or a question or an invitation, they have to ride their emotional wave, which means nobody can give you a yes or no immediately. Like they literally have to maybe even sleep on it maybe for even like a week. You're supposed to, if you have an emotional authority, depending on what gates you have, like it's very, it can be super nuanced if you desire it or you're wanting to, but um, you're supposed to wa- ride the ebbs and flows, like the highs of the excitement and the lows of like, maybe I don't want to do it. Right. And ride it. And then once you fit, you've hit this like space of neutrality with the answer, that's when you're supposed to answer. Really interesting really profound and also extremely difficult if you're not an emotional authority. So for me as an ego, I'm going to know if something's benefiting me or if something's supposed to be right for me immediately. So for me and Jeff, I'm like, babe, let's go right now. Let's go create something. Or I will feel the desire or the invitation to create something and I'll want to create it immediately. He needs time. So we've had to have some clear, crystal clear understanding of what does that actually mean? And can you can you maybe speed up your emotional authority a little bit? No, I'm just kidding. But it's been good for me because it caused it's caused me to create some patience within me. And also understood, I, I understand that with my kids. Like I need to give them time to respond. It's hard for them. It gives them so much anxiety and it's difficult for them to respond immediately. So that's beautiful. They all have the emotional authority. I would say that the other thing that's really powerful about having emotional authority is you can be super tuned in to our emotional centers are the most technologically advanced center literally in this whole world. Like our emotions are so technologically advanced. So if you have an emotional authority, you actually have the ability to tap into yourself and to others in a way that many people can't, which is really, really profound if you think about it. Here's what's interesting about being in a home full of emotional uh, manifestors, manifesting generators, projectors, emotional authorities is because I don't have it and it's open. It's an open channel. I'm being conditioned by their emotions, which means what? I am elevating their emotions. I am literally like illuminating, exacerbating, elevating their emotions. So for me, I feel it even more intense. I feel their emotions even more intense. I have never been able to understand why I get spouts of, I mean, I guess you can say anger, but you like spouts of emotional feelings when I'm around my family. It's so insane until I found human design and I was like, oh, it's because I'm feeling the emotions of others so intensely because I don't have it. It's so crazy to watch. It's so crazy to watch. And we can go more into this when Jeff and I do a, a human design podcast together, but I will literally be in the car with the family and they will be arguing or laughing or like really intense with their emotions. They'll just be expressing themselves intensely. And then when I'm gone and it's just Jeff driving the kids, he'll send me videos and there's nothing, nothing. They're not even, they're not even talking to each other. It's been such an interesting ride to navigate that specifically with my family. And there's also other, other things like my kids have defined root centers and I don't. So I'm, I feel a little bit of anxiety with that. Um, that's all really intense. So it's really powerful to compare your chart with your families or your husband's. Jeff and I, understanding each other's human design changed our life. Maybe this next podcast next week will be Jeff and I because I want him to come on and talk about his emotional – he's an emotional manifester 
and I'm an ego projector. We could not be more opposite and yet we complement each other, especially in the workspace really well. But we almost divorced multiple times. Well, that's not true. We actually energetically separated once, but it felt like I wanted to divorce him multiple times before human design because I felt so, un I didn't feel heard. I felt so unrecognized and it wasn't his fault. It was just him being a manifester. So when everything came to a head in 2020 and I was like, I'm done with this, I'm leaving. He was like, I don't understand. I love you. I'm like, you're not showing it, but he was showing it in his own way as a manifester. Does that make sense? So it's been so profound and humbling for me to see his design versus mine and be like, wow, I need to give him a break. And him for me too, and be like, oh, wow, I'm not recognizing her. I have not been inviting her. And that happens a lot, especially as a manifester. And it's been so profound to heal that. So human design has changed the way I interact with the world, waiting for invitations, calming the F down. And I'm so proud to say that like I I very minimally drink caffeine. I very minimally um, use, I don't use any uppers now. I've completely off of those medications because I realize that my energy is, is not supposed to be intense. My energy is not supposed to be obsessive generator. The other thing that's really cool about a projector is that we get things done so quickly that we don't need the energy. Like as I've been able to welcome myself into who I am, I'm actually way more efficient than I ever thought I ever could have been when I was living as a generator. I get things done so quickly because I am efficient just as I am, allowing myself to be in that space. And, and, and when I'm answering an invitation, are you kidding me? I could, if someone invited me to build a spaceship and it felt correct for me, I'd built that so fast. <laughs> now it won't, but you get the idea. The other two things I want to share that are really profound. And then we're going to end because I'm going to go pick Jeff up from the airport. He's been in Japan. I have two completely open centers. So I don't even have any hanging gates in those centers. The two open centers for me are my open throat and my open head. The throat's been really powerful for me. Um, so when you have a completely open center, it's actually your ability. Your You have the ability to become a genius genuinely in that center because you get to, there is no limit to what you get to learn from that center. I mean, it's just like, imagine just like this black hole in the ocean and there's just like water continuing. That, felt, that feels like a scary analogy, but you get what I'm saying water continuing flowing in. So these two centers, I have the ability to genuinely learn so much about and the not self in me has had to learn a lot about what is mine and what is the other. I'll start with the throat really quick. My open throat, and I have, if you were to look at my chart, I have a lot of hanging gates coming towards it. So I have a lot of pressure to speak. So before I understood human design, and I was in a group of people, this is like such a hard center to have open as a projector because not only do I feel like I know things and I want to like guide people and I want to like say things because I can tune into people's energy and I understand them, but also I have the pressure from my completely open throat wanting to hold, to, to, to remove the empty space. So I feel the pressure if there's like silence in the room to speak. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awkward. So Jeff and I, Jeff has a defined throat as a manifester. All manifestors do. 
he oftentimes doesn't speak and I'm always wanting him to speak. And he's not thinking about anything. Literally, he's thinking about the mountains. And I'm thinking like he's internalizing something and not saying something. But I feel that pressure. And so my challenge with a completely open throat is realizing that the silence is okay. How much can I actually not say? Like, can I be quiet unless I'm invited to speak? Then the profound words come through. I mean, I genuinely could be in a group of people and I could guess what people are going to say. That's how powerful that, that, that completely open throat. The other thing that's really powerful about this as um, somebody who speaks for a living and does speaking pieces and even just like channels, the way that I channel and the way, the way that I channel is a whole nother podcast, but the way that it comes through obviously is through my throat and how I speak it. If I have stuff prepared, like so much prepared, I'm not allowing myself to actually listen to the frequency and the auras of other people to then be able to understand what there needs to be said for them. So I actually work better by not preparing, by allowing myself to just trust that what wants to come through will come through. Okay. So this is the last piece. I don't know if this was like the most profound podcast about human design or the most confusing. Just let me know. Um, my open head center. There's a lot of people with open head centers. I think Oh my gosh, I'm going to botch this, but I want to say it's like 60% of people have open, maybe it's more, 75. I don't know. It's like a large amount. This is the trick about open hand centers. Now, mine, like I said, is completely open, so I don't have hanging gates at all. Powerful, right? Because I am able to learn a lot and I'm able to um, understand a lot. Also, the not self of that, the, 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 the shadow piece of that is that I also, when I'm alone, maybe don't remember a lot of it or it doesn't retain, like it kind of comes in and out. Okay. That's not even the part that's really the most profound. I am in my head a lot, a lot, especially I've been in my head a lot for this launch and I get in my head a lot about everything. I think that I've had to decondition my head a lot because of the worry about what other people think of me or the worry about what I'm, what, who I am is good or the worry of even good or bad in general, or the worry of just me trusting myself. So I have all these questions within my mind that I think I need the answers to, especially as I've been navigating my life outside of what I thought I thought I wanted or what I thought I believed. And this is something that we know we talk a lot about in hum- in sacred rebels about really understanding what our truth is and as i ask myself these questions or as i try to understand what it is that i believe i want to have a definite answer the best thing you can learn as an open head center is that you don't need to know the answers to the questions you ask yourself you do not need to know the answers to the questions you ask yourself because they may not even be your questions. You are probably feeling the pressure of everyone else's mind and all over the world in your Costco, wherever it is, or the conditions of what other people think they need to ask themselves or the conditions of what they need to think that they know. The best thing that you can tell yourself is that you don't know. And that can be okay. That has given me so much peace. I can't even tell you. So whether you're an open head center with a, as a generator, a man, gen manifester, please take this. If there's not one thing that you, or if you've gotten this far, 
if you have an open center, please let go of the concept that you have to know every single answer. There is a lot I don't know, a lot. It might sound like I know a lot of shit on this. I really don't. There's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot of times when I'm in my head questioning myself a lot and I have to remember that I don't need to know the answers to those questions. So when I work through the dream time, which I do a lot of, especially after Bufo, my dreams have been incredibly prolific, incredibly intense. And some of them have been incredibly, um, I don't want to use the word dark, but like just the frequencies bizarre. I, at one point, a couple weeks ago, sat up and I said to myself, these emotions are not mine. These emotions are not mine. And it was even more profound because I actually think that I have more emotions in sleep time because I sleep with Jeff and I'm being conditioned by his (laughs) emotions. And yeah, I mean, human design actually recommends energetic hygiene, like sleeping alone, but we're going to talk about that another another time. But the profound understanding, and I've known this as I've understood and researched head centers, but as it's become more intense and as maybe the world becomes more loud or maybe you evolve and you maybe don't know necessarily what you believe and you don't understand all the things, I give you permission, especially if you have an open head center, to trust that you don't need to know the answers, that you don't need to know the answers and a lot of those questions aren't even yours. Human design has changed everything for me. It has required a devotion of me to trust that I am worth, my energy is worth waiting. My energy is worth being invited. That my energy is worth understanding. And by understanding, I am obsessed with my design, by the way. I love that I'm a 4-6 ego projector. I actually love every single piece of it. And that's what I desire for every single one else, every single one else, <laughs> everyone else out there. That's why I'm like, tell me your birth time. I don't know. Your, what is your human design? It's fascinating. There is not one of us the same, not even one. And it is the most profound understanding. We know that on a spiritual level, but to feel it and see it in a scientific mesh with the spirituality is so profound. I absolutely love it. And in Sacred Rebels, I teach in depth about human design. And I also teach you how to be able to read for your clients. Uh, We don't go into full certification because that takes years in the making. Um, I've taken four plus courses and I'm still, of course, I read and I do readings for my clients, but I would never, I just wouldn't certify people in that space yet. I think it would need a a whole different certification. So regardless... I digress. Learning the basics and foundation of human design is so pivotal. And I do that in Sacred Rebels. And Sacred Rebels enrollment is still open, but it's closing soon, March 8th, next Friday. And it will not open again for a whole another year. And if you're wanting to improve yourself, if you're wanting to change your life and your business, if you're wanting to have a rebel in this world, say yes to Sacred Rebels and yourself. And welcome yourself to the best year of her life. And man, if this is the first time you've heard about human design, welcome to the black hole of human design. Go slow. Trust yourself and allow yourself to just trust that this is an experiment. 
This is not religion. This is not doctrine. Nothing is until you choose it to be. So allow yourself to just get a little wild, get in there and research your human design. Love you so much. You are never too much and always enough. My light and love sees, honors, and never compares the light and love within you. Until next time.